Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. I'm your host, Jared White. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. I'm, it's time to move on from Elden Blinging, at least for a little while. Um, there's other things in the world. There's other games to play, much as, as hard as it is to, to accept that. Other games to think about, even when I wasn't playing Elden Ring, just thinking about it all the time. So this will be the last podcast intro for a while where I mentioned Elden Bling. Dun, dun, dun. Episode 251. Uh, speaking of Elden Ring, if you missed last week's episode, episode 250, our episode 250 special was an Elden Ring spoiler cast, which was pretty cool. We talked about our favorite bosses, favorite mechanics, uh, the strengths of Elden Ring, the weaknesses, because yes, not every game is perfect. Uh, we I went on a whole diatribe about the ending, which I've done multiple times. Uh, but we also talked about uh, would we want a sequel, uh, DLC ideas, all of that good stuff. So if you have any interest in that, please go check it out. It was a fun time. The second ever spoiler cast we've done, like I said before in that episode, we want to try to do more when we can, when Dom and I play the same game. Uh, because the only ones we've done are uh, Last of Us Part Two and Elden Ring, which, hey, if you're going to only have two spoiler casts, at least it's those two games, two of the best games of all time, in my opinion. Um but yeah, so we're off to episode 251 now, regular podcast, back to your scheduled programming. First up, got some bad news this week, a couple of delays. Uh, for two games that I was actually pretty interested in, and I, funny enough, I think these are two games that you probably were not going to play regardless of when they come out, Dom. Uh, the first one is Metal Slug Tactics. Uh, this is being delayed to 2023. This game looks beautiful. Uh, if you've been a fan of the classic Metal Slug uh, arcade games, this is taking that, putting it in a tactics genre and, and kind of boosting the art style in that hd 2d that's been popular over the last half decade uh so it's a bummer it's not coming out this year but then again you know the fall is coming around we got god of war ragnarok on the horizon let it get delayed the other one that was actually a little bit more surprising um because a lot of these licensed games often have like set dates they had to release by in terms of fiscal years which makes sense for this and the way they specifically worded the delay is Midnight Suns, uh, which a game is that I was looking super forward to. It's from XCOM developers and uh, was introducing some card game mechanics to that formula. And uh, we had a cool trailer at Summer Game Fest where they introduced some of the villains, basically like enchanted evil demonic versions of the Hulk and Venom and all of your favorite Marvel villains. And they stated that it's going to be delayed for current gen to later this fiscal year and for prior gen following a later date which is really interesting Ooh. so to me this has to do with probably optimization remember this is from the developers of xcom which are primarily pc titles they have come over to console but obviously they made their home on pc and the fact that they're coming to playstation 5 and xbox series consoles first and then they're eventually coming to the last gen consoles that is kind of a strong indicator, right, Dom, of why this probably got delayed, among other circumstances, obviously. Imagine, it just feels so similar to Cyberpunk, where the the next-gen versions of that game in PC at least worked, um, but then the last-gen versions were broken. So, obviously, that game needed a delay probably entirely, but if they had just done this and just delayed the last-gen versions which feels so odd. Um, but, yeah, I think you're probably right. Optimization kind of a thing. Um, getting it to work properly on the old consoles. That makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, which is a bummer because then that means the only big Marvel games we're getting this year are just the PC ports of Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to think. Has there been any good DLC for Avengers? Uh, War for Wakanda came out, but that was last year. That was the Black Panther expansion. And then Spider-Man came out, but that was just a character. I'm trying to rack my brain. Oh, um, Jane Foster was put into the game. But once again, that's just like a character edition. It's not like an expansion the way War for Wakanda was. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 hasn't had updates in a long time. I'm assuming. Uh, anything of note anyways. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, probably the mobile games, right? Are probably the biggest releases in terms of updates that we're getting. Uh, which is a bummer. But hopefully when Midnight Suns comes out, I- I'm hoping early next year uh in that january february march slot at uh turns out to be good because i'm excited for it maybe this delay leads to xbox coming over and being like hey we got this blank check for you we want you to be on game pass which would be pretty cool because as much as i'm excited for this game i do worry about its sales opportunity because xcom on its own is pretty niche in terms of the genre and though marvel's um obviously super popular the moment people see this gameplay, it's going to turn off a lot of people in terms of putting their money up for it. And I think Game Pass is the best place for it for people to try a game genre they're probably not super interested in off the bat. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I agree. This isn't in the news because when I originally read it, it was mostly clickbait once you actually read into it, which was, uh, you know, in a response to PlayStation saying Call of Duty going exclusive for Xbox would be dire to the industry because of Brazilian uh, regulators looking over the Activision acquisition. Uh, Xbox provided documentation that basically says like, hey, PlayStation pays for games not to be on our service. How is that any different? Which was a pretty cool strike back because it's like, yeah, all of them do the same thing. How is it any different with Call of Duty for to go exclusive? Um, And the way the headlines were written were PlayStation pays companies to not put their games on Game Pass. Which in and of itself is pretty spicy because it's like I could see a world where PlayStation specifically is like, yo, Square Enix, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars. Just don't put your stuff on Game Pass. You can release it on Xbox. Just please don't put it on Game Pass. But when you read into it, the documentation provided by Xbox is more specifically talking about, oh, PlayStation publishes this game. So therefore it wouldn't go on Game Pass, which is also a weird thing because MLB The Show is on Game Pass and that's published by PlayStation uh, or uh, Final Fantasy remake, right? Where we're still wondering when that's coming over. So though the headlines were spicy and very clickbaity, and there are some truth to it, it wasn't as uh, dire of a of a report as I thought it was. Because at first I was like, "Oh, this is going to be juicy to talk about." But when you read into it, it's like, "Oh yeah, makes sense." Both companies kind of do this, but kinda the like, response from Xbox makes sense. So, like most exclusivity deals that exist all over the place, like oh, certain clothing can only be sold in in my store. This show can only be streamed on this platform and not downloaded from that store you know like yeah i think i guess you have like there potentially an argument to be made about the scope of certain games call of duty is pretty large but it's certainly not the largest that's ever been exclusive or anything yeah it just seems like but and yeah, monetarily i could see like it. yeah you can make an argument like why are you complaining about call of duty when you didn't make the same complaint for minecraft right and then when they said like, oh, we could have it's industry defining for the genre. We couldn't put a team together to make a game of that quality in that genre. And it's like, well, 
people can point back and be like, well, people, you can say the same thing about any Naughty Dog game, right? It's like, mm, how can exactly. anybody compete with that type of narrative storytelling in a AAA video game? So that whole situation's the, weird. I think you like your better argument, and it's not to this point yet, would be like in the general consolidation of like, it's not just Call of Duty, it's all these different studios and publishers now that Microsoft has been acquiring. Like, um, But again, it's not quite to that point where I think you can try to lay that card out necessarily but that to me is more like exclusivity deals happen but eventually um you might have to have some kind of government agency step in and be like okay too much in one person's hands right it's bad for if it's bad for competition or whatever but i don't think we're quite to that point Um, i think if if microsoft were to next acquire ea then it'd become a real issue because that's when you're starting to play with because then you're bringing in they're going to have the only uh, uh, simulation football game on the market uh, and a lot of stuff there, which you can say like, well, yeah, but PlayStation has MLB simulation licensing, but it's like, yeah, well, at the same time, they were kind of forced to put it on Xbox. You know what I mean? So that's the whole thing there. We'll see what happens. I just, the headlines are very juicy, but the story there was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, Let's talk about Cult of the Lamb. Are you familiar with this game at all, Dom? We're going to do a little review roundup. Quite a bit. I'm pretty excited. I haven't started it myself yet, but I'm 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 game to talk about it. Yeah. So this is a game that's been in a bunch of showcases, uh, showing off trailers for it. It's a neat little indie game, and uh, so Cult of the Lime is a Devolver Digital published roguelike farm simulation hybrid indie title that released everywhere on August 11th, 2022, which is the day we're recording this, and it currently sits at an 84 on Metacritic and an 85 on OpenCritic, which are really good scores. Um, and when you hear farm simulation, that might scare you off if you're not somebody who's in love with a Stardew Valley. But farm simulation is the genre. Think more of it like a community manager where you're bringing in these people into your cult and you use them for various purposes and you can name them. And it just seems really cool when we get these games that are hybrids of genres that you wouldn't expect and they end up working out well. So I wanted to go over some of the reviews. I pulled uh, from all aspects. So we got a review in the 80s. We got an 85 and we got a 90. Um, I wanted to kind of hit all three. We're going to start off with the 80. This is from Michael Goroff from EGM. He says, quote, Cult of the Lime is two games in one, part roguelike, part management sim. Neither of the halves feel totally fleshed out on their own and provide little challenge. Still, the synergy between the two halves is undeniably compelling, and the art style is infectiously adorable, giving you enough reason to play through one more in-game day and then one more until you've been awake for an entire out-of-game day, feeling (laughs) totally brainwashed. So you gave the game an 80. Uh, Obviously, he's a bit more critical of it, um, but obviously still says that the combination of the two genres kind of the sum of its parts are better than the individual um, sections. Next up, we have Elliot uh, Elliot Attard, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, Aidard, uh, from Checkpoint Gaming. He gave Cult of Lime an 85. He says, quote, Cult of Lime doesn't just surprise and delight with its visual prowess and unflinching cultist motifs. It also hooks you with its addictive and adaptive gameplay loop. There's not a dull second as you move through two equally important and varied genres of game that mesh beautifully together to create a unique and captivating experience. A lack of endgame content may disappoint some Colony Sim fans, though it ultimately does little to sour what is genuinely novel ga- a novel game that knows exactly what it wants to be. End quote. So once again, talking about how the two genres coming together, also mentions the art style, which I think is 
kind of apparent when you see this game in action. It's like regardless of how you feel about the gameplay, the art style is so particular and it sells it. And lastly, we have the highest score, which was a 90 given by Jessica Howard of GameSpot. She says, quote, Cult of the Lamb as a standout title is a standout title in both the roguelike and simulation genres, as well as a one-of-a-kind entry that exists in the middle of both of them. Whether you're exploring the dungeons or expanding your cult, the experience is enjoyable and challenging. And a little bit more than uh, and more than a bit demented. With how surprisingly dense each of these parts are, the fact that all the pieces come together as smoothly as they do is a triumph. So, uh, yeah, uh, this game was on my radar in terms of I'm curious to see how that game does. But between these reviews, what I've seen from the kind of funny folk talking about it and just general chatter with this game coming out, uh, I'm probably going to end up picking this up and playing it, Dom. It seems interesting. I love, obviously, we play roguelikes here and roguelites. Uh, it's the other side of it, the simulation part that has me intrigued. Because that's, depending on how that went, I think it could push people away and for me the fact that it's dealing with cult members and having to decide who to sacrifice it's twisted enough that it gets me interested in that what about you yeah and ultimately the the idea the twistedness of it the idea that the whole point of the the game and growing your cult is to like awaken who's basically satan the devil yeah um, so you're very much like a bad guy um in this weird cute yet you know, satanically twisted game. But I really like the idea of it having like these two distinct styles of gameplay in it. And all these reviews, I don't know, they really point that out almost as if like it's not been done many times. Um, I think of firstly like Persona, which is very much, um, you know, a JRPG dungeon crawling game, but also like a high school simulator kind of thing. Um, and social things and that or like um, the most recent Fire Emblem game right a strat a tactical strategy game but also similar like a school simulation game as well relationships and all that sort of stuff um, I feel like there's a lot of examples of of games that just have two very distinct types of gameplay kind of not necessarily intertwined but just adjacent to each other and uh, elements maybe feed each other um, here or there but you know, or you're playing each part on its own. You're in Cult of the Lamb, from what I understand. Yeah, you're going through, um, you know, generated dungeons um, and doing combat and all that kind of thing. And then once you're done, you're in this village simulator, picking up people's poop, um, picking up your followers' uh, poop until you build them an outhouse and things like that, I guess. So, yeah, I'm with you. I was kind of like, had an, I had an eye on this and was curious enough, but... Uh, to me, yeah, it's, it's like pretty good. I feel like it's pretty good uh, review so far, and I'm, I, I am stuck right now. Um, we'll probably get into you know uh, what we've been playing, but I've jumped across a bunch of different games, and nothing's really sticking and feeling good right now. Um, so maybe I do. Like, I try to, you know, when you try to dip into the backlog, and yeah, sometimes like it's just it's just not feeling anything. So yeah. maybe this is what I need just to grab something new and I'll feel more motivated. And it might benefit from its release date, too, because there isn't a whole lot coming out outside of, like, sports sims like Madden's on the horizon. But other than that, we have to wait a little bit for some of the games that a lot of people are excited for, obviously, like God of War and mm-hmm. other titles. Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested, and uh, we might end up doing a review on this game if both of us end up playing it, and uh, it might be one of those indie hits this year. I'm trying to think of what other indies I've played that came out. Did Rogue Legacy 2 come out this year? Yes. Yes, so that's one. What other? Tunic. I didn't play Stray. Uh, 
Stray was other, fun. I did play Stray. What other indie titles? I'm trying to think. Um, I'm probably missing something. Tunic indie, I feel like. Yes, Tunic's indie, 100%. It was made by one guy. Oh, really? One guy? I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, one I, I started, um, and I like, but for some reason I just don't want to keep playing it. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> Uh, same. Uh, next up, let's get to our Fantasy Critic League eighth month check-in. So if you listen to the podcast at the beginning of the year, we usually do our predictions for the year, which we'll get to next week, and we do a Fantasy Critics League. Our Fantasy Critics League is called the Video Game Illuminati. It has three people. It has me, Dom, and our third seat, uh, Chris Nunes, who has been very busy these days, has been able to join us. We're not going to be going over his part of the league. We're just going to be going over Dom's and I's. Uh, and hopefully we'll have him back when we do a full recap of everything. But, as it sits, with four months of releases left on the calendar for 2022, it's time to take a look at the current standings in the Controlled Interest official Fantasy Critics League called the Video Game Illuminati. Dom's published uh, publisher, Firelink Studios, currently holds the lead at 128 points with 14 of his 20 titles, because we we're capped at 20, 14 of his 20 titles either released or being locked into place. Um, not a scam incorporated Jared's publisher, my publisher on the other hand has racked up 109 points with 12 of my 20 titles being locked or already released. So I have two less titles locked in or released, uh, and 19 less points. Now here's the interesting thing. So fantasy critics league also has projected points. I'm projected to beat Dom 182 to 181 with the current rosters, Whoa. which is pretty funny uh, when we go to some of the rest of this information. Uh, here are some of the stats regarding each lineup. The highest scoring game for Dom and I this year, for me it's Elden Ring with 31 points, which is ridiculous. Um, which is uh, what, like almost one-third of my points. I have 109 total, and that's 31. Uh, for Dom, it's uh, Horizon Forbidden West with 18, which is still a really good amount of points for a game in a year without Elden Ring. Well, who knows? Uh, we'll see something... the game we're going to talk about later. I don't remember exactly how the scoring works, but yeah, 18 for Horizon is, is really good, but it's like points, um, Metacritic points above 90 are like weighted heavy double. or something. Like, They're double. double, yeah. So that's why Elden Ring, um, even though, yeah, a couple points higher than uh, Horizon, but many more points higher in the uh, Fantasy Critic scoring. So Yeah, big, big boon there. Easy first pick overall. Uh We'll see how next year goes. Uh, Lowest scoring games this year for us. Uh, I have Nintendo Switch Sports, which nagged me one point total. At least it's not negative. I And I didn't count uh, zeros for games that aren't releasing this year or game. You know what I mean? That just, it's a whatever. I'm, lowest score for games that have released. And for you, it's Mario Striker Battle League, three points. Funny enough, our lowest scoring games are Nintendo, Dom. <laughs> we bet on Nintendo, and Nintendo didn't come through for us, unfortunately. Uh, our next game release, uh, so I have a Plague Tale Requiem, which is coming out October 18th, 2022, and your next release is Splatoon 3, which comes out September 9th, so I have a couple of months, unless I add something, obviously, that comes out between then or you do, um, so we'll see what happens there. Both of those games can score pretty high, and I could also see those games scoring, I don't think that either of them score below 80, I think I'd put a lot of money on that, but... yeah. Who knows? We'll see what happens. There's sequels, which can either give you a little boost or kind of hurt you a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, how confident are you in Splatoon 3? Very. I think the Switch has been 
feel, I don't know, it's just been missing a little bit. And, you know, Zelda got delayed, which was a, a bummer for me because I had also picked that game. But just in general, it feels like the Switch has maybe been a little dry on first-party stuff. And then, like you also mentioned, uh, Mario Strikers and Nintendo S- Switch Sports kind of performed a little lower than at least you and I had hoped they would. So I feel like people are hungry for a good Switch game. And a Switch, like a multiplayer game on Switch, it feels even more rare. Um, especially like a particularly competitive one. And I, people love Splatoon. I don't get it. Not my thing. But people are into that shit. And, uh, you know, I probably should have checked what the first two games scored. <laughs> but um, I, have high, I have a lot of confidence in Splatoon. Same uh, for my game. I have a lot of confidence in a Plague Tale Requiem because it seems like it's, though I haven't played the first game, it's on my backlog. I'm going to play it before this one comes out. Um, from what I've seen from people's responses that it's taking the core of what people loved of the first game and adding a lot of combat depth to it, which it didn't have necessarily the first time around. And I think if they nail that, it can score really well because the narrative of that game is so strong from what people say. It like, really does a good job with uh the themes it has running throughout it uh next up the biggest title yet to release now for me it was a little bit harder to come up with it than yours uh obviously dom's is god of war ragnarok uh that thing can score very well and it's going to be the biggest release of the year uh for me i i tied it between a plague tale requiem and mario plus rabbit sparks of hope because I think they're kind of on the same level for different reasons. Um, I'm, neither of them match up to God of War Ragnarok in terms of what it possibly can be. Um, so I, I kind of tied in there because I didn't really know who, which to choose from. Because though I have high hopes for a Plague Tale Requiem, it still is kind of like an indie-ish title. Uh, whereas Mario Plus Rabbids is obviously first party, first game reviewed well. So we'll see. Uh, next up, let's go over our counter picks. So for me, my first counter pick was Ghostwire Tokyo. I was pretty down on this game, which, Dom, that game came out this year. Think about that. Weird, right? Yeah, no one talks about it. It actually scored a 77, so I got negative 7 points from that, which is pretty tough. Uh, kind of a stinger. That was going to score lower than that, but hey, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And then uh, Dying Light 2, which also came out this year, which I forgot about, uh, I counterpicked. Minus 6, so minus 13 points there. Not not good. Uh, my third counterpick is this year we made it, so we had to do three counterpicks. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, which I'm pretty confident is not releasing, so I'm pretty strongly gonna probably gonna get a zero there, which is good. That's kind of what you want. Obviously, you love negatives, but if you can just get that zero locked in, uh, you're you're in a good place. For you, Dom, your counter picks: Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, which you kind of locked in as a zero early on, because I think that game got pushed to 2023, like in mm-hmm. March or something. It was very early on. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem. I'm, I'm interested to see how how nervous are you about getting negative points there. A little bit. What did the first game score? I think it was something decent. You pro- check it on your end. I don't have. Yeah. I, I'm not. I don't have the capabilities currently to check that. A Plague Tale Innocence. And for those who are listening, if you're not familiar with Fantasy Critics, any score above a 70 gives a negative points to whoever counterpicked it. Yikes. So Metacritic's at 81. Yeah. So that'd be, if it scored the same, it'd be negative 11 points for you. Yikes. Yeah. I'm nervous. Probably going to eat some points on this one. <laughs> uh, but you also counterpicked Nintendo Switch Sports, which only got you negative one. Which I think if you can get around like negative two, negative one, zero, you're in a good place. So that was a good pick for you as well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to go over before we move on to what we've been playing 
is uh, some of the games were kind of locked into uh, on our lists. So for me, uh, Sea of Stars, I'm locked into. The way it works is if you drafted a game and it's not coming out this year, you can't drop it. But if you picked up a game and it's not coming out this year, I think I made it like you can drop two of them or something like that. Uh, so Sea of Stars, I'm locked into. Unfortunately, that got delayed to 2023. So zero points. Forza Motorsport, which I was so focused on it coming out this year. Once again, drafted it. Yeah. Yeah. Got a zero there. And then the only other one is, uh, let's see here, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which hasn't been confirmed to not be this year, but come on. Realistically, I'm kind of locked into zero points there. And I think that's it. Yeah, because I didn't draft Mario Sparks of Hope. So, yeah, only two game or three games I'm going to get a confirmed zero on. Uh, Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp might also be a zero, the way things are going. For you, we have uh, Breath of Wild 2, unfortunately. Um, Redfall, unfortunately. Uh, Atomic Heart, did that get delayed out of this year? Must have. It hasn't on Fantasy Critic, but that might end up being a zero for you. Uh, Bayonetta 3 is coming out this year. At least has a release date. Splatoon. Also have high Somerville is another one where you could get zero on. Yep, Somerville. Uh, possibly. And then Modern Warfare 2 is coming out this year, obviously. So we're in a pretty good place. I'm excited to see it. This is the closest we've been <laughs> the, mm-hmm. uh, since we've done it. So I'm glad that I'm actually in the race this time. Uh, you have $61 in budget left. I have 50 Uh Yeah, we'll see how things play out. Going to be interesting. Like I said, next year we're going to be going over our predictions. Now, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I have a couple of games I wanted to mention. So uh, is that okay if I take the floor first? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so first up, I've been dabbling. I'm not a big fighting game guy, but I do like Smash. I've been dabbling with Multiverses, uh, which is oh, a free-to-play cool. Warner Brothers uh, fighter that's a Smash clone. Have a good time with friends. Out of all the characters in that game, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to be either maining you know, Batman or Arya Stark or you know, some characters I'm attached to. Turns out I'm a Superman main. I've been playing oh, a whole right. lot of Superman. He's a brawler. Those who are familiar with Smash, in my opinion, he plays most like Ganondorf in Smash, which is my main in Smash. I usually like the big, hulking, powerful guys. Like, I'm a King Day-to-Day main and a Ganondorf main, who are two of the big brawlers in Smash. Uh, so, Superman just kind of came naturally to me. Having fun with it. I guess my one complaint is that you can only really play either solo online or duo online. So, if you have a party of three or four, which when I'm on... Uh, online with friends it's usually what our party is is at least three or four people you can only do custom matches offline which is kind of a bummer because obviously those don't go towards like challenges or the battle pass or anything like that which sucks Uh, but it is in beta and it is free to play so it's like i'm not going to complain too much at this point having fun with it though i'm not a huge fighting guy but it's uh in terms of my perspective it's a fun enough time to hop in and check it out uh game pass recently released two point campus are you familiar with the two point games dom no i've been hearing a lot about this campus one though what's going on here so two point is like sim city or those type of games where you build out these simulations and you have like goals and each of the individual characters on the map have like things that positively or negatively affect them you have to like hire janitors to make sure the place is clean uh think of it like sim city or sim uh it's so when you make amusement parks. What's that one called? Oh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon. So it's like that. It's like a management thing. This one obviously is focused on campuses. 
Um, I tried Two Point Hospital when that came to Game Pass a couple of years ago. Uh, wasn't really my vibe. I'm not super uh, interested in making hospitals and well-running ones. This one's cool, though, because the maps are all different in terms of the theming. And then once you get to a certain point in the story, you can do a sandbox mode where you just create your own. And the way the story works is each one's a map that you can get up to three stars and they all have their own themes. Like one of them is called Ravencroft and you're building a campus in a castle in the hills and you can make all the classes, classes wizard themed. So it's basically like you're making your own Hogwarts, which is really cool. Um, it's like any other management game where you have to, uh, you know, your students come into school every year and they're like, okay, we need this class. And then once you get through that year, you have to make sure you have the, the following classes advanced and built in the game or else your students are going to fail or not graduate. You need janitors, like I said before, you need bathrooms. You're working all of this stuff where you need to appease both the staff of the, of the campus as well as the students. And there's a lot of um, customization in terms of how you place things, where you place things, uh, you know, customizing both the way the inside of the buildings look and the outside. And it's very good at scratching that part of like your brain that's goal oriented of like, I need to do this and then I'll be rewarded with this and then I have to do this. And it kind of builds on itself. Um, the other themes that I've checked out, because I've been playing through the story and then I unlock the sandbox mode, is you can build a sports focused campus down where your goal is to build like a competitive sports team on your campus as well, which is cool. So it's not just about building a specific school, it's about kind of working towards whatever theme your map is. Um, depending on the map you choose, you have to worry about heating or cooling your buildings uh, with uh, different items, which is really interesting. There's a lot of tools built into the game that make it easy. So like if you can push like two buttons and you get an overlay on the map of like these are all the hot areas where you need to cool down or these are all the hot, the cold areas that you need to heat up. But like I said, that's map specific. So if you don't want to deal with that type of stuff, you can just go to one of like the weather neutral maps. Um, and I, I got hooked to this game for a, a whole day. I played like six hours straight of it uh, and I was just hooked to chasing goals. At this point, I'm kind of over it in terms of I'll come back to it and dabble with the sandbox when I want to but I got like the most of what I wanted to from that experience in that single um, time period. But it's fun. It's Game Pass too, so there was no monetary commitment there, and I was able to hop in and have a blast, which, like we've mentioned before, I think with Game Pass doing that, I go in with less reservations, and I'm more willing to accept what the experience is for what it is without having to debate in myself, oh, is this worth it? Did I just waste money? You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. type of stuff. Which is always tough, but yeah, if you're into any of those simulation type games, I definitely suggest it. I think a lot of the tools are really user friendly. It works on console, which is always a, a, a weird thing with these type of games of like how good is it going to translate over. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun time. If you're interested at all, I, I suggest checking it out. A small download, check it out, delete it if you're not interested. No biggie. And lastly, Dom. I fully completed Bug Snacks, got the thousand gamer score, oh, had a blast at that game. Uh, wasn't that tough of a game to complete? Um, because over the course of the game, if you're invested in enough, like the hard, quote unquote, hardest achievements or trophies in this game, are to make sure that everyone survives the ending, to catch every Bug Snack, and then to get uh, to get ten hats in the game. The way the hats thing works is. 
I'll go through this as quickly as possible. There's a barn in the hub city that has a picture of a location. That location is where a buck snack will spawn with a random hat on it. You just go there. If you're able to catch it, you're good. So you can you can clear that out really. It took me like 10, 15 minutes to do that because I would just fast travel, which the cool thing with this game too is it has fast travel and then with the current consoles, it loads so fast that it, you can like blaze through that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, catching all the bug snacks, it kind of came natural to me uh, playing through the game based on the stuff you had to complete to move the narrative forward. So that wasn't too tough. There's maybe like one or two I had to clean up at the end. Uh, but they were a, a breeze. Um, one of them gave me trouble. I just Googled how to catch it, and it was very easy. And the last one, uh, having everybody survive, it's the typical Mass Effect thing, Dom, where as long as you do the, not the, so there's main quests, there's side quests, and there's, um, like, favors. The favors are things that go towards getting items for your customizable house the side quests are very limited for specific characters and then the main quest is the main quest as long as you do all the side quests for the characters which i thought was interesting because you learn more about them um you get that last achievement automatically so that wasn't hard either um it was a fun game like i said it was a good mix of uh weird uh rick and morty humor with uh pokemon mechanic uh i thought the story was both funny and engaging enough to drive me to the end like i wanted to know what happened to certain characters because this isn't a spoiler at the beginning of the game you get dropped off on this island dom and you find out that the lead explorer who brought everybody to this island to investigate bug snacks is missing and not only is she missing her girlfriend is also missing so the whole game is about you restoring the community of getting everybody back to the hub town because everyone went their separate ways when she disappeared because the guy they left in charge isn't the most likable person um so part of the game is you bringing the community back together and then the other part is going through each of these locations and finding clues that lead you towards what happened to those two people and it's really cool it has a crazy ending it has a post credits scene that kind of leads you to oh there could be a sequel which is really fun I had a blast. Uh, I'm kind of bummed I didn't play this game when it first came to PlayStation because I I really enjoyed it. Uh, Obviously, I didn't have to pay for it because it's on Game Pass, which is great. Uh, Yeah, if you're at all interested in Pokemon games or the weird Rick and Morty humor, it's a a must-play. I think it's really fun. It's not a long experience. I think in total, it was maybe seven and a half, eight hours, and that's including me achievement hunting as well. Uh, It's not a long investment, and especially now we're in this middle ground of, like, waiting on God of War, Ragnarok, or these other games. Should we get Cult of the Lamb? It was, like, perfect. It was, I did the thing you said, Dom. Went back to my backlog. I'm like, I want to play Bug Snacks. I'm going to check it out, and it immediately hooked me personally, and, yeah, I just wrote it all the way through. Nice. Nice. I didn't, like, I know you were interested in it, but I didn't, uh, I wouldn't have predicted that kind of praise. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Like I'm not trying to, you know, hype it up any more than it needs to be, but it's especially for me who loves like the Pokemon thing of like going out and catching specific things and then it's so weird. Um what's the name of the the game that's coming out this year that we talked about uh with the gun aliens high on life? Oh yeah. I think that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, it very much is in that vein or Trover saves the universe. So, I really enjoyed it. What have you been playing? You said you had a so, conundrum or something, right? You're like, I don't know what, what I'm doing. I'll start with um, what I did play and finish, which I mentioned was Stray. Um, so that came onto PS whatever tier the heck um, 
system they have. So I was able to play that. And yeah, not not a super long game either. I think it was like seven or so hours, um, maybe a little less, but really unique and different. And I'd recommend it to just about everyone. Um, so like gameplay wise, it's not, it's unique in that you're obviously a cat and you're doing a lot of cat things. And um, you're primarily doing, you know, uh, solving puzzles basically and roaming around the world retrieving things for people that kind of stuff um, but the puzzles are all kind of like cat oriented if that somehow makes sense like you're doing things that like only a cat could do um, you know jumping onto ledges and crawling through little holes and um, I don't know all sorts of good kitty stuff not a litter box though that I used at least that I found in this game so you know none of that um, I mean, you find toilets in games. That some games you can use toilets. You know what? I'm gonna dock stray one point in my DOM review scale for not having a litter box that's functioning. Anyway, um, yeah, like all the puzzles, all the, the gameplay was pretty fun. There's like a section of it in the middle where you actually have um, uh, a weapon more or less, which is actually just like a light that kind of shines on these little um, virus bugs that are chasing you. Which kind of leads me into talking about the world itself and the story is actually really freaking cool. And that's what I didn't expect. I'd seen in trailers that it's kind of this like robot inhabited weird little slum village, right? And there's no humans. It's just you, the cat, and all these weird looking robots. And the the, the premise is essentially that's all that's left because humanity created um, this little virus that ends up chasing you. Um, that, that was created as a as a means of getting rid of waste because there's obviously too much waste um too much too much trash and it's you know bad for humanity but then this virus thing they created ended up backfiring and it kind of killed everything um but anyway like actually talking with all the robots and um the the weird it's kind of like cyberpunky like but just downtrodden world and the robots are also like cool and unique where like they have so much personality, each of them, even though they're not voiced, they just kind of make little noises as the text displays. But, um, and so you're obviously, uh, not obviously, but your plot as the cat is you kind of fell down accidentally into this slum and you're just trying to escape. But along the way, of course, you help out some robots and do some things and you have kind of a larger impact on that ecosystem. Um, so it's not like super creative, um, plot-wise necessarily but it, it was kind of to me like the world that it all existed in and the different places you explore and see was just really cool um, i really appreciated it and there's like that initial place that you've seen in trailers i mentioned like the slums and then there's a, a one other larger town that has like a nightclub scene and um, there's a prison you go to and all sorts of cool places that um i wasn't necessarily expecting so i had a ton of fun with stray it was really cool Definitely the best game I've ever played where you play as a cat. I think I'm. I'm trying to think. Is there that. another game where I've played as a cat? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, I mentioned that before, and I couldn't think of anything else. But it was a ton of fun. Like I'd, I'd. It, it's really easy too. That's the thing is like anyone can figure this out. Just about. Um, compared to. Uh, the conundrum I found myself in after finishing Stray was uh, I wasn't sure what to play next and I have Game Pass turned on now. I still had PlayStation Plus whatever, which now has a bunch of games that come with it, which 
when we talked about a few weeks ago when they first announced the lineups, um, I was very critical of it. But I'll come around a little bit on the middle tier. I forget what it's called. Um, but one above the you know the, the existing tier where you get two games every month and online. But that middle tier, the catalog that comes with that, pretty darn good, actually. Um, my problem was I've played all those games, basically. Um, so there's... Well, and then there's the whole Yakuza <laughs> thing, right, that recently happened where... Yeah. That's a whole thing. Like some of the Yakuza games are on one tier, and then the other ones are on the other. So yeah, it's crazy. Oh yeah, I did. That is silly. Um, luckily for me, I've still not. Apparently, that Yakuza stuff is just top notch, but um, it's like gibberish to me. I... Maybe one day I'll give it a shot, but it's kind of hard to picture it. Um, Wait, yeah, so real quick, I wanted to ask a question. One of the mm-hmm. criticisms, maybe criticism is too strong of a word, but one of the things I saw pointed at that game is that it was much more closer to what remains of Edith Finch than it was to a platformer. And I think that might've caught people off guard. Cause I don't know if some people were expecting it to be like a hardcore cat platformer and not more of like an exploration game. You know what I mean? Uh, that's seems like one of the, one of the issues I think some people had cause they went in with one expectation when it actually ended up being a different type of game entirely. Yeah, I could see that. Cause it's definitely not, I wouldn't call it a platformer, right? You are, yeah. in in a sense, yeah, you are platforming. You're jumping from ledges and onto things and stuff like that, but it's very controlled. You can only jump when prompted, basically. And everywhere, it's 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 a bit more fixed than that. It's more about the exploration and the puzzle puzzling. So yeah, if you went into it expecting, um, yeah, kind of a cat version of, I don't know, Mario or some. <laughs> platformer really even in any sense you probably would have been let down i could see that yeah sorry go ahead what so what was your conundrum following oh so whereas i said stray um very easy to pick up and learn for anyone to get into um one game i did try that came to playstation plus was uh the remake of tony hawk's pro skater one and two which somehow i never actually played growing up any of the tony hawk games um I'm not, not like, even underground or anything. Yeah, none of them. Oh wow. Um, you know, I had some friends and like who who had those games and probably watched them play. You know, a bunch that kind of thing. But I never actually played myself. Um, I thought I always thought it was cool. Um, I've never actually skateboarded myself for sure, but I always liked that and the kind of the culture around it too, and the music and things like that. But what I found was um. This game is so cool and a really well done remake because I, I had to go look up what it you know what the originals look like and it's definitely like a top notch remake of a game games and then you know they put them together in one package um, and you know I'm customizing a character I'm giving him some some cool shorts and shirts and all that and obviously some some sick vans and all that kind of thing but um, the controls and actually playing the game it's like if you watch me try to play this game, you would think I've never held a controller in my life. <laughs> it's it, the way it functions is just so unlike any other thing. Um, you're just basically you're on a skateboard, but you're automatically always going forward always. And that to me is just like blasphemy. I'm like that. I have no control. I can't be always going forward. That's crazy. Um, it doesn't, um, it, it just really complicated. Uh, really finicky as far as i can tell it's like probably the most realistic escape wearing you know simulator could ever be um well there's escape games maybe so i might be wrong on that but like 
the physics makes sense. So if you're um, not, they don't. It's a little exaggerated. Obviously, you can jump high and grind on walls. It doesn't make any sense in that regard. It's more arcade than simulation for sure. Yeah, but like, yeah, you jump and or rather you ollie and you know you have to obviously land with the board sideways. If you try to look perpendicular, then you're just gonna eat shit. Um, because for some reason, every time I go to ollie or you know jump off a rail or whatever it is, I just instinctually want to land facing. F- like shoulders facing square and forward just like as if you're on feet that obviously will not work on a skateboard and i can't like break this muscle memory for some reason to like just twist to be sideways it's been so difficult and and then like always moving forward it just like it just kills me and i I don't this the controls of it i just cannot latch on to whereas i feel um it would just come so naturally to like most of the other people my age who grew up playing this stuff um, me yeah <laughs> you know but i just like i was like laughing at myself i'm like who am i no I, I like pretty much any video game i've ever picked up i can figure it out um and at least be competent enough a shooter or you know a third person game a platformer whatever made I can, you like, sit there and self-reflect you're like who am i now <laughs> yeah i felt like when you know you're with your 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 little cousin and they want to play a game and but they can't figure it out um that's what I felt like, except about myself, and it was. You, you know that feel. gif of uh, the Benjamin Button gif of the guy him aging rapidly. I could just imagine that being you sitting on the couch. <laughs> that's that's what it felt like, because everything about this game was like so cool, and I can certainly appreciate it. Although I, do, the structure of it is a bit odd, as far as I can tell, and there might be more, but I just can't get to it because I hardly unlocked anything. But it's kind of like you just get like two minutes or three minutes in each stage, and that's it, and then. You have to keep on repeating it over and over. You're trying to do collect all the stuff um, and get enough points in each stage, and you know meet all these different specific goals. They're kind of like trophies, like you know collect each of the skate letters, um, collect this secret tape, you know score this many points, hit these trash cans, all this you know random stuff. But you only get two minutes to do it, um, and then when you accomplish enough of them, you unlock the next stage, and that seems to be all the game is. There's not like a yeah for the most part. Um, yeah, so I'm not used to that. <laughs> I played it at launch, and the thing that I ran into that kind of I realized the reason I started enjoying skate more is that with Tony Hawk, it's more about like button mashing combos in the air and going crazy and trying to get like a super high score. Mm. Whereas with skate, it's more about naturally comboing into things, which felt a little bit more realistic. Um, and yeah, to me, I was like, oh, okay. I had the muscle memory, thankfully, because I played it when I was younger. But as the levels progressed, I just got to a point where, like, oh, the only way for me to advance is to, like, look up. You have to press this combo at this point and do this and do this. And, like, okay. it just wasn't fun to me. Um, yeah. Whereas with, like, skate, you naturally progress into, like, oh, I can add in a second move here, and then I can go into a third move after I come off of this half pipe. Whereas with, like, Tony Hawk, it's like, Oh, I did I get enough air? Like smashing as many buttons and pushing as many directions as possible. Um, I can see that. That I, yeah. I'm just I, I'm so bad at it still that like I haven't even like begun to like really try to like actually do like the cooler string of tricks yet. It, I'm just like trying to like navigate the parks and stuff, and that's it. Well, and the thing is, I think this is something that movies and other mediums don't have to deal with as much as games where games advance so much in control schemes and everything where 
I think you're, you might remember this. When I talked about I tried out the original Resident Evil, well, the remake to the original mm-hmm. Resident Evil. Yeah. And the tank controls on that, I just couldn't wrap my head around. It didn't feel yeah. like a natural video game experience. And I was pretty much in the same boat you were. We're like, I'm pretty good at, like, first-person shooters and, like, and games in general. I'm pretty skilled. And it was just like, this just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how anybody can... F- and you might not have this specific uh, thought, but I was like, how can anybody find this enjoyable? Like, I just didn't have a good time. Um, which, yeah. obviously, people who played Resident Evil when it came out are like, are you blasphemous? It's like classic Resident Evil. Like, there's no other way to play it. Uh, and I'm like, nah, maybe you can just do regular controls in that game and camera angles and stuff. So Yeah. I'm feeling more like, like I'm missing out because, like, there's so much here that, like, I want to do all this stuff it's asking me to do, but I just, I just can't. Like I'm unable to. Um, and, and maybe this is my karma for like enjoying Dark Souls so much. And there's so many people who like it's, uh, you know, too demanding, and people just are like, I want to go explore the world, but it's just too difficult. <laughs> um, maybe that, I kind of feel like that way, where I'm like, I want to like do all these objectives and unlock more gear and stuff i think it'd be a great time even though there's no story there's nothing like larger going on like i kind of said it's sort of just here are the levels go nuts um it's good to have those games though where you can hot like i have 15 minutes before i have to go do something it's that perfect type of game yes uh where you can just hop in and there's no expectations and for you personally you can give yourself goals of like okay i want to try to get this done and it's not some overarching thing where like oh i have to do this 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 you're just like i'm gonna hop in let's see if i can get you know these trash cans or these skate letters that i'm missing yeah I, i think it's perfect for that and the positive and the negative with this game is that the, the negative is that Activision killed the studio that was going to make the next ones. Uh, but the positive from that, and if you want to find any silver lining, is that that means the community on this game is probably going to be there for a while because the people were so excited when this game came out and they don't have anywhere else really to go. And this game is available on current consoles. So there's that as well. Like, I don't, knock on wood, I don't see Microsoft obviously going to have Activision. I don't see them shutting it down anytime soon, which I think is good. Um, and yeah, you know, I think that's an interesting thing too that you and I don't come across as people who play video games as often as we do is we rarely get into these places where we're learning a new skill set in a video game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty fun too in a way. Obviously, it can be frustrating for sure, but I do think there is some fun to be had with that of like teaching yourself how to get these mechanics and play something <laughs> that uh, people got used to like 20, 30 years ago, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I think I'll keep it installed and, uh, you know, every so often, like, hop in there and just um, mess around. Like, I think it's really cool. I really like what it's doing. I just got to get better at it. And, you know, but even still, best case scenario, I can can picture what you said about, like, you know, you get to a certain point where you're kind of just – I can already see the way, like, the scores get multiplied and how it would incentivize doing as many – stringing as many things together as as you can. Um, which at some point I think I would feel like it's just too exaggerated and too arcadey or I might lose. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like coming to terms with like, that's what I did. I'm like, I'm not going to get to that point. I don't want to waste my time. I had fun with the game. But up up until that point, I I had a blast with it. Just you come to that natural point of like, yeah, I'm going to be real with myself. And I think it's important for your mental health in some aspects too, as crazy as that sound is like, yeah, I'm just not going to stress about this. I'm just going to move on, you know. And with on. it being on a service as opposed to you purchasing it, it makes it easier uh, to make the jump as well. So Yeah. So I, I messed around with that for a little while. Um, 
I messed around with Tunic for a little while, and man, it's so cool. I love that I can't understand the language that they made up. Like, people talk to you, and you pick up an item, and it's just some nonsense letters in gibberish to tell you what the item is, and you don't know. You just got to figure it out, apparently. Um, and the it, it, it feels a lot like Death's Door, but just slower. Um, I think Death's Door ruined Tunic for me. I think I went into yeah. Tunic and I enjoyed it, but I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think, to, obviously it's made by one person, but I just think Death's Door was so good that playing a game is so similar. Obviously they have their nuances and their differences, but I think it kind of ruined me. And that's why I started it. I enjoyed it. And then I was like, I just don't feel like playing it. You know what I mean? That, and I think I'll go back to I'm Tunic at. and maybe you're in the same place. It's like, it even like the art style is even similar to Death's Door in, in a lot of ways, which is odd, but. Yeah, it's I I get up to this first boss and it, and it's a challenge. Like it's taking me. I've died a lot, and it feels odd because it's so slow. Um, but for some reason it's just hard. The way I think m- maybe part of my problem is like your hitbox. You know, for how much range you have on your melee weapons is just there's not much there. You got to be right in someone's grill yeah. to hit them, and then hits against you just do so much, and it. I don't know something about that. So I'm, I got up to the the first boss and he just absolutely demolishes me. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to keep pushing through this. Um, I do like what it's like, what's going on. Like it's hard to find like any like serious um, complaints. Um, I think you might be right though that like coming off of Death's Door like not even a year ago, this feels maybe it has been a full year since then. Whatever. Yeah, something about it. I don't know. I might not go back. Um, so I, I I was jumping back and forth between that and Tony Hawk for a little bit. And then I, I jumped into Doom Eternal um, finally because that's kind of been in the backlog. That's on and, my backlog too. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I don't know. I I think I just need to take – I only spent maybe 20 minutes in there and I just – it didn't click for some reason. Um, I think that will if I just sit down and give it a bit more time. I think I'll get into it um, and – enjoy the music a little more and start speeding up um like that game wants you to do um but yeah i think there's probably been a few other things i've been jumping around and that haven't stuck so that's it it might just be like yeah we just got to play some cult of the lamb and just grow if you commit to it i'll I'll definitely pick it up like that's a hundred percent i think it's a game i'll for sure get to by the end of the year but if you decide Mm -hmm. to like I'm going to hop in this week or this weekend or whatever. Just let me know, and I'll, I'm hopping in too. I think we have a fun conversation next week. All right. I'll tell you when when I've actually downloaded it, and it's, like, there, okay. confirmed. <laughs> it's happening. No doubts anymore. I'll, I'll ping you immediately. Like, let's go. Cool. Um, What's the next big release that both of us are interested in? God of War, right? Definitely God I, of I War. I have, like, Pokemon and stuff, obviously. In November. But... You got Pokemon. Uh, I'm looking back at my Plague Tale Requiem. I, that is that before. Yeah, it's yeah, October. October. God yeah. of War is November. Uh, Gotham Knights actually. Um, we, we've talked about it a lot. Kind of like, we'll see on that. <laughs> yeah, I am Hogwarts. Uh, oh yeah, Hogwarts. I am like teetering. So Lego Skywalker Saga. Obviously, like a thousand percent want to get into that. It's been going on sale down to like forty five bucks a lot almost permanently since it's been released but i just feel like it's gonna go down 
even further, even deeper sale in the next few months. So I'm kind of like, I already own that. that game. So whenever you do decide to hop in, we can do like, let's play this saga and we can talk about yeah. it. Cause I already own it. I haven't fully dove in yet, but I own it. So like go through the, the original trilogy and then, and then discuss. Um, yeah. Hollow Knight, you mentioned if that ends up coming out this year. Obviously, we'll both do that as soon as it gets here. Yeah, I guess after God of War, though, there's not like anything huge. Unless God, I mean, God of War is November, so there rarely is anything after that. Yeah. I guess the only thing would be like Stalker 2 is going to be December, but that got delayed. Mm. Atomic Callisto Heart Protocol. might be December. Uh, wow, none of us have Callisto Protocol on the. Oh, yeah, Callisto Protocol. Yeah, that's December as well. I'm Part of me is, like, delayed. in the back of my brain, I'm like, ah, oh, that game might get delayed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hope not, but... And I can't uh, afford it. We're too tight in fantasy right now. <laughs> I, I, I can't afford it. Uh, anyways. No, I picked up Callisto Protocol. Oh, you did? Or at least I have Shoot. a bid. It should be going through. I have a bid on it, yeah. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Should I don't know I when bids go through. I think it's Saturday. Oh, no, it says right here, four minutes and 53 seconds. Holy crap. That's weird timing. Or it says they'll be revealed in four minutes. So maybe they're already locked in. I don't know. Huh. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm excited for the NFL season to start. Really stoked oh, yeah. about that. Uh, next week, College like I said, we're going to be going over our gaming predictions and see where we sit so far. Going to be interesting to look at those and how badly a lot of that stuff is aged, as always. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you can, head over to any of the podcast services you use and leave us a review. It definitely helps us out. We're on you know Google Play. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to, definitely please help us out. Uh, we're on YouTube at Controlled Interest. Search us up. We'll pop up. You can subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you never miss an upload. Like the video. Comment. Do all that stuff. Twitter. You can follow us collectively at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. It's Controlled Interest abbreviated. You can follow us individually. Dom is at OB Dom Kenobi, but the O and OB is the number zero, not the letter O. And I am at Jared Weich, J-E-R-R-A-D-W-Y-C-H-E. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys in episode 252. Bye.